0: As we begin this morning, I just want to take a few moments for a time of reflection. And I want to ask you what comes to mind when you think about Christmas? What about Christmas's past? What do you think about? You know, for many of you, I even asked some of my Facebook friends what that was, and many of them said, it is those precious memories of Christmas's past, right, of being with loved ones who have since gone on, of one gentleman, Mr. Fred Harmon, he mentioned, he said, you know, that time when he was a child and he was sick and Santa came to visit him, right, those things that have been impressed into our memory and into our hearts, and so many of you this morning, you may have thought about loved ones, you may have thought about family, about gatherings, about travel, about presents that you received over the years for me I think about Christmas at my nanny's in Conway every Christmas the Sunday before Christmas we would go to my grandmother's house and it was just a beautiful time to be together I think about the food there was tons of it right like everywhere you looked in her counter like in her kitchen like every counter had food on it and if you left there hungry it was your own fault and, and then I also have to think like why is that the first thing that I thought of you know, why is it the, I mean, you can look at me, you can tell that I like to eat. I mean, Truett Kathy, who's founded Chick-fil-A, he said, food is essential to life, therefore make it good. I, I think about the family. I think about everyone gathered there, squeezed in her house, squeezed in that living room, busting out at the seams like there was no, no one knew what COVID was, amen, like we were just spreading germs all together, you know, snot and tears, I don't know, it was bad. But anyway, we're building our immunities. So you had food, you had family, and then you had fun. It was a time that I would get together and, and that you would get uh, your presence, you would get to play with your cousins. And there may be some of you here this morning that I'm speaking to that as you get older, things change, right? You, you don't realize the drama that existed between you know, Aunt Teresa and Uncle Terry, right? And so when you get together, there's those things when you come together that as a child you're oblivious to. And so they're deep-rooted. And so this morning, as we're talking about the season of Advent, as we're talking about Christmas, is we're talking about those memories, like for me, of going to Conway and being with my mom's family, there was anticipation, there was waiting, and there was preparation. You see, tradition may come and go, but the reason for the season does not. And so this month, we're studying Advent, which means arrival, appearing, or coming, it anticipates the coming of Christ to Bethlehem's stable. As, as one of the prayers that we mentioned in the first weeks that we went through this, Lord, come to the stable of my heart. That, that should be our prayer this Advent season. It's a time of spiritual preparation. You know, the psalmist says in Psalm 39, he says, All our busy rushing ends in nothing. And so where do I put my hope? My hope is in the Lord. And so this Christmas season, don't get lost in the busyness of the season, but find time to to be still. Find time for there to be solitude. Find time for you to be alone with the Lord. It's a time, Advent is a time of reflecting on the true joy, peace, hope, and love that the coming Christ child makes possible for each and every one of us. Last week we said that Christmas Is a season of hope. And today I want to remind you that Christmas is a season of anticipation. We said last week that hope came down at Christmas and his name is Jesus. Jesus came down so that hope may go out. The gospel came to you because it was headed to someone else. God wants to use you as a conduit through whom his glorious, life-changing gospel would flow to others. And I know I keep that on rinse and repeat, and my kids are like, they know it's coming somewhere in almost every message. But it's a quote that has just really challenged me, because are we willing and able, as we go through our lives in the coming days, in the coming weeks leading up to this Christmas, in 2021, I don't know about you, but I think there are some people who need a little hope. Amen. There are people who need some joy. There are people who need peace. There are people who need the love that only Jesus can bring. So I want to challenge you. I want you to challenge your family to use Advent as a time of heartfelt communication and connection between God and others. Listen, this is important. The season of And the story of Advent doesn't change from year to year, but we do. Are you in a different place this Christmas than you were last year? In your marriage? In your relationship with Jesus? In your career? With your health? Are you in a different place this Christmas than you were last? You see, our circumstances our challenges and even our relationship with Christ can vary greatly based on what we're going through. And that means that we must approach each Advent season, we must approach each December with open eyes, open minds, and open hearts. And we must come asking the Lord to help us to relate His timeless Advent truths to our lives in new and powerful ways. In the life of a believer, prayer is important. Amen? Like, prayer is that that daily communion, that conversation with God. As we see in the psalmist, and that's the thing I enjoy about reading the psalms, we see that they were raw and real with God. And that's what God wants us to be with Him. He wants us to pour out our hearts. He wants us to pour out our frustration, our anger, our joy. He can take it. And so one of the things, Advent should be a time of prayer. And so I ran across an article somewhere along the way that was called Pray for Simplicity this Advent. And so I want to give you just really quickly a few simple things that you can pray this Advent season. Now, here's the thing. Some of you like to take notes. Some of, the, some of you, some of you the, one of these will stick out to you. Have no fear. We're going to use technology for the glory of God. Amen. So just a few minutes ago, a Facebook post went live with this entire list that I'm going to give you. So you just sit back and listen and maybe hop on Facebook. When you leave church, you can't use it here because there's no signal. So See, there's a reason we met in the Family Life Center. There's no signal. You can't get out to the outside world. You've got to focus on Jesus. But anyway, go to our Facebook page and you can read this list. But let's look at these lists. Praying for simplicity this Advent season. Pray for opportunities to learn something new regularly. Pray for strong relationships with other people in the bond of loving community. Pray for peace in all situations, no matter the circumstances. Pray for joy and a sense of humor. Now, I don't know about you, but I I don't know that I've ever prayed for a sense of humor, amen? But listen, we're allowed to laugh as believers. It's the joy of the Lord that should be inside of us. And so sometimes, when I walk into church meetings, sometimes when I am in a room with other believers, I don't necessarily see that joy. As old pastor said one time, y'all, maybe y'all need to um, smile because it looks like you've sucked on lemons. Right? <clears throat> I mean, where is the joy of the Lord in your life? Pray for a clear mind. And the ability to clearly communicate what you value to others. Are you adding, like John Maxwell says, are you looking to add value to other people's lives? Do you value them? Are you looking for ways to add value? And and are you adding value to them? People, listen, in the world that we live in today, people want to be seen and heard. They want to be seen and heard. This week I met a gentleman named David. David who is going through recovery. And I met him, he applied for a job, and I said, look, I don't know what's going to happen with this application, but I don't think it's a coincidence that you were placed in my path. And so I got to share scripture with him. I got to pray with him. I got to encourage him to keep looking up that he didn't get into the situation that he's in overnight and it's not going to go away overnight, but he has got to, just like you, you have got to come to the end of yourselves and realize that you cannot do it on your own, in your own strength and in your own wisdom, that you have to turn to Almighty God and in the power and name of Jesus, press forward. You can't do it on your own. You've got to look to Jesus. Pray for purity so you can grow as a person and encounter God more fully. Pray for openness to the Holy Spirit's guidance. Pray for genuine awareness of God's grace in your life and the humility to extend grace to others. Hmm, that'll preach. All right, listen to these last three really quickly. Listen to these last three. Pray for attentiveness to what truly matters without being distracted by trivial things. Hmm. Pray for the freedom from all that burdens you. Past mistakes, fears, destructive habits, hurts other people have inflicted. And then I wrote, fill in the blank. Pray for grace to be able to rest, to become aware of God's presence, and to enjoy it. So this morning, I want to invite you to take your copy of God's Word and turn over to the book of Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. As you're turning to the book of Luke, remember we said that Luke is a physician. He's a detailed guy. So here in Luke's gospel, we see probably the most detailed account of the Christmas story. Right? As we talked about, do you want a physician working on you and taking care of you who's not detailed? That's just happy-go-lucky? No, you want somebody that's paying attention to those details. And so we find that in Luke. So look with me in Luke's gospel, chapter 1, starting in verse 26, it falls under the heading of birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favor one, the Lord is with you. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who has been called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So let's go back really quickly and, and just begin to unpack this. First and foremost, as I was reading and studying, I, I ran across this nugget of wisdom from God in the small stuff at Christmas. Listen, the story of Mary suggests that God's favor may involve putting us through difficult circumstances in order to accomplish His plans. Friends, following Jesus is not easy. Let me say it again. Following Jesus is not easy. But it's worth it. If, if you are, are tracking or following someone that's an easy believism, who's not pointing you back to Jesus in the shed blood at the cross of Calvary, in an empty tomb in a conquered grave, then friends, you need to, you need to split. You need to move on in another direction. It is not an easy believism. Following Jesus, Jesus even told us that we'll have trials, we'll have temptations. But fear not, I have overcome the world. So in verse 26, let's kind of unpack some truths from this passage that we read. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed. Now, there's that word. We don't don't use that in our, our language today. But in essence, that meant that she was engaged, that she was legally committed to Joseph. Then we see, what, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. See, listen, as you read through Scripture, you've got to just slow down. As one preacher I love says, you've got to get on the Bible bus and press your face to the window and look and see what's going on. Like you can't go by at fifty five, sixty miles an hour. No, we, we want to we wanna go by on that tour, and as we read scripture, like what is God saying? What is his spirit saying to us? And he's reminding us of the house of David that all is lining up of what God said would play out. What God promised, God delivered. Then we see here that she says that you know that um Verse 29, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern. You know, what is discernment? That's that understanding. That's asking the Lord to help you connect the dots, to see this as he sees it, to have a greater understanding, to see the bigger picture. We should be praying for discernment in our lives. Some people, praise God, have the gift of discernment. Amen? And I'm thankful for those people that God has placed in my life. And, and I've been in some situations, and and they'll read, and they'll say, you watch, this is going to happen. And so sure enough, a little time goes by, and there's a little friction, and, and that couple moves on to another church. He called it. He has the gift of discernment. But we need discernment in our lives of, of which way to go and what we need to do. But see, what's interesting about this is, as we read this part of the story, is that this would have been radical for their day. Here was an unwed woman who was with child. I thought about on the way to church this morning, an old church sign that I saw many years ago. It said that sin that used to hide on back streets now struts down Main Street. That's the world that we live in. The sin that used to be taboo that we didn't talk about, man, it now just struts on down Main Street. Look at me. And that's the world that we live in. And so here it was a radical story that that she's with child, but they're unwed. And, And so even so, as we study this story even deeper, that Joseph just wanted to walk away. Friends, there's some of you here this morning that maybe you've wanted to walk away in your relationship with someone else, with the relationship with your spouse, with relationship with your parents, relationship with your friend, that it would be easier to walk away, right? Because we have a tendency of either fight or flight. And so sometimes it's just not worth stirring the hornet's nest. And so instead of fighting, you flee. But sometimes we need to realize that we're to, be, we're to remain there because Christ is making us into the image of who he is and he's chiseling off uh, the hardened hearts. He's using that spiritual friction of those people in our lives to make us more like Jesus. And so when we run, we, we rob ourselves of the blessing of God and becoming more like Christ. Mary would have been marked for life that she was pregnant out of wedlock. What's interesting is that, you know, as I'm studying, I'm preparing, I, I love how nuggets of wisdom just find their way into uh, my, my life, into my social media feeds. And so one of my friends actually shared something last night, early this morning, about a prayer for mothers. And so as we think here about Mary, of being in this situation that she didn't really know what to do, that here it is, she's going to be the one who is, is going to bear the Son of Christ like the uh, Son of Man, like she, she didn't ask for that, so she would have been uh, a little troubled. And so maybe some of you are troubled here this morning. So I want you to listen to this like devotional. It's a Midnight Mom Devotional is what it's called, and so it's a prayer for mothers. Lord, she may be facing a challenge right now. She might be wondering what to do, how she's going to get to the other side of where she's currently standing. But Lord, you have always shown her the way in the past. You have always shown what to do even when she didn't realize it was you leading her. We ask you to remind her that you have the answers that she needs, that you have the solution, that she can trust you are leading her. Bring her peace as she trusts you, we ask in Jesus' name. Maybe some of you are mothers or daughters here this morning, and maybe you needed to hear that. Maybe there's some men in the room, some fathers in the room, that you need to adapt that for being a father. That you need to be reminded that God is the one who is in control. He's the one who knows. He's the one who will see you through. Verse 30, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. You know what's interesting is they were fearful. I mean, would you be fearful and afraid if if this heavenly... Being came and stood in your presence and is presenting you a message of, from the Lord? What have we talked about in, in messages past? That the Lord speaks of one of four ways. He speaks through His Word. He speaks through His Spirit. He speaks through other people. And He speaks through your circumstances in your life. So don't be afraid this notion of everybody, oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jesus this. If they were afraid and trembling at the angels, what will you be in the presence of Almighty God. You'll fall to your face. Don't be afraid. Somebody in here needs to hear that this morning. Don't be afraid. Where you are now, you will not be able to get through on your own, but when you look to Jesus, Jesus the author and finisher of your faith, the one at Calvary who took your sin and shame and he bore it on himself. It is through Jesus that you have the power and you have what you need to press on. Keep looking to Jesus. Even in the text here this morning, verse 31, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And I just began to circle that word, Jesus. As Matthew Henry points out, Jesus, the name that refreshes the fainting spirits of humbled sinners. Sweet to speak and sweet to hear. Look with me really quickly in verse 37. There's a very powerful truth that I want you to see here this morning. Verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. And, and as I was studying this verse, verse 37, I, I pulled up. And, and that's why I encourage you to use technology. Like I went into the Bible app and, and I have several translations that are sitting there together. And I began to look at that. And I just want to remind you of some of the truths that I saw. King James says, "For God, with God nothing shall be impossible. The NIV says, "No word from God will ever fail." The Amplified says, "For for with God nothing is or ever shall be impossible." As I was as I was writing, and I happened to write down, "Like what's the power in this text that we're studying this morning?" And I wrote down that nothing is impossible to God. But then, as I began to study that. I had to go back and I scratched it out and I wrote nothing will be impossible with God. It's with Him. Not on your own. It's with God. It's following Him. It's trusting Him with your life. This morning as we think about that, we need to be reminded that we're to walk with God and that we're to prepare. Now, Jeremiah says, Jeremiah 32, verse 17, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heaven and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Matthew talks about the rich young ruler in Matthew 19, verse 26. He says, But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. We, we see Luke's account of this uh, with the rich young ruler in, in Luke chapter 18, verses 27, 24 through 27. How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, then who can be saved? But he, Jesus said, What is impossible with man is possible with God. How do you apply these truths to your life? You might be asking this. You need to walk with God, and you need to be preparing now. As I was reading about storms somewhere in the past, I had this note that that I jotted down. How better will it be to walk with God now and allow Him to prepare you along the way than to wait until you're in the midst of a storm and have to turn to Him then? The time to prepare for a storm is not in the midst of a storm, but before you even get into it. Hurricane season came and went, and praise God, we didn't have any hurricanes, but you can't prepare at the last minute. You've got to prepare ahead of time, and the same thing with our spiritual journeys. We're going to face Battles this coming, we're gonna face battles this afternoon. We're gonna face things this coming week, and if we're not prepared, we're gonna fall. We've got to prepare for the battle now. We can't prepare for it in the midst. Will he help us in the midst? Sure, if we turn to him, but we're not called to just turn to him in the midst of the valley, we're called to praise him and be with him on the mountaintop, too. If you walk with the Lord, He will prepare you so that when the storms come, you'll be able to face it, not on your own strength, but in His. So my, my prayer for you this morning is walk with God and prepare now. And, you, and then you might be saying, well, how do I do this? Well, you have to receive the gift that was sent for you. I mean, over there underneath those trees are some gifts, but if we never open the gift, if we never receive the gift, then what good does it do? It's free. It's there. He sent it for you. He paid a price. It's bought and paid for. All you've got to do is receive it. He sent his son Jesus that you might be made whole. There are no more sacrifices needed to be made. I mean, think about it here for a moment. The present, the gift that he sent you, it's not too small. it's not too big. it doesn't break, it doesn't need batteries. it doesn't need to be returned. But can I tell you this, the gift that he sent you, that you've you got to read the instructions. you've got to read the word. You've got to read the Bible because the instructions are there. Now, men, I'm going to talk to y'all for a minute. Y'all go try to build something this Christmas that you're getting for your babies that Santa brought. And if you don't read the instructions, you're going to spend twice as long or break something and be out of luck. Amen? Read the instruction manual. Listen, here's my heart. Copies of God's Word are expensive. Young man, when I worked at an Olive Tree Christian bookstore for about a year and a half on Saturdays, a lady came in, he went to a Christian school in our community over in Clarendon County. She came in, she's like, I need to get him a Bible. They went to the Dollar General, they got him a Bible out of the Dollar General, he took it to class, the first day he opened up and the cover fell off. Right, I mean, the Word of God. If it's not a part of your lives, then it's you know to ask for thirty or forty dollars for a decent Bible is too much. If there is someone in this room today and you do not have your own personal copy of God's Word, I want you to discreetly come and see me before you leave. I have Bibles across the street in one of the offices that I collect and I buy when they're on sale because I want to be able to give them to people so that they can saturate their lives with the Word of God. That's what we should be doing. We should be giving people the word. If it's not a priority, they're not going to go buy one. And so if you're here this morning and you don't have a Bible, you don't have a decent Bible of your own, you come see me, I will get you one. You know, as we taught this morning... We've got to receive it. We must be open. Our hearts and minds must be open to his love, to his will, and to his guidance. Friends, we need to get a picture of who God is and what God does. And when you're down and out, you've got to look at what God's promised. What did we talk about? We talked about the promises of God last week. Go and look back on our Facebook page. There's a link to that of the promises of God of what he has promised for us. But I want to remind you this morning that the season of Advent is a season of anticipation. It's a season of waiting. It's a season of preparation. It's a season of travel. Really quickly, I started this morning talking about my nanny in Conway. In the Christmas of 1989, we were going to make our trip to Conway like we always had, except one thing happened that we don't usually get in South Carolina, and that's snow. And so it snowed that Christmas in 1989 and we couldn't go the regular way that we had to go. So we had to go up through Florence and go the back way. And I'll never forget we got there and I don't remember too much about it, but can I just pause right here this morning and just remind you that maybe you need to push through the awkwardness of gathering with your family. Push through the discomfort, push through the pain, Because here's the thing, we never know how much time we have with one another. That Christmas, as we traveled uphill both ways in the snow, we had Christmas. But little did we know, on February 8th, 1990, my seven-year-old cousin, Jennifer, will be killed in a hit and run trying to get on the school bus on 905 we don't know what tomorrow brings we don't know how much time we have left with one another so you've got to push through the awkwardness and you've got to push through the comfort discomfort and the pain You've got to look to Jesus and ask for his help and gather around the table with maybe some people that you don't want to be there with and and just ask the Lord for his strength and his help to see him the way that he's seen him. What's interesting, too, about that Christmas is we used to have this joke in my family that 20 years ago, now it's actually 32 years ago, but 20 years ago, we would always begin stories like that. But there was joy that came out of that. There was this notion of as we traveled that you need a flashlight because you might get stranded, right? So just remember where you're at this Christmas season that just to make those memories, to have that joy, to enjoy each other's company. But we don't know what tomorrow will bring. So I want to remind you of this, that anticipation leads to preparation, which leads to participation. As we look at the story of Mary and Joseph... They're presented that this is what's going to happen. There was some anticipation. Right? Because think about it. If you're pregnant, what do we do? We throw a shower. You think she was anxious? Sure. Do you think she wanted to be in this position? Maybe not. But anticipation leads to preparation, which leads to participation. Last week, I shared a prayer. And this is how I want to wrap up this morning, our time together. Last week, we shared a prayer and I'd like to share one again this week as well. As I was reading and studying, I ran across this nugget of truth. Now, I want you to think about this. The story of the virgin birth has become so familiar that it's easy for us to lose sight of how utterly spectacular and astonishing this event was. After years of waiting, the promised Messiah was to be born in the most unlikely of places to the most unlikely of people in the most unlikely of ways. Only God can plan such an all inspiring work. Amen? See, that's the thing we can't forget about the Christmas season is the king of kings did not come with pomp and circumstance, but he came born in a manger, in a cave, in, in a place where animals were you know, desecrated around him. And this is where our Savior came. He came so that we may receive Him. He came in a humble way. And that's what the Lord does, is He works in ways that we don't understand. Why? Because He's God and we're not. In the most unlikely of places, to the most unlikely of people, in the most unlikely of ways. Listen, can I simply remind you this morning too, as you go through your life, there is no one, there is no one, there is no one that God cannot save. That he cannot transform if they will turn to him. Who are we to say who he can use? So I want to close with this prayer. Lord, you are perfect in all your ways, and your plans are magnificent. May we trust you with every aspect of our lives, remembering that Mary's story assures us that you are able to show up and do the miraculous nothing nothing is impossible for you Lord let's pray father God I thank you for your word Lord I thank you for just a simple reminder that as we head into this Christmas season Lord that 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 our lives may change our circumstances may change our health may change but Lord the gospel never changes and so father I thank you for the timeless truth Of of reminding us this morning, Lord, that it was in the the unlikely of places, unlikely people, in the unlikeliest of ways that you decided to come. And so, Father, I thank you that you did come. And so this morning, I pray for that one here who has never accepted you as their personal Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that they would turn from their ways, that they would turn to you, that they would acknowledge their sin, that they would acknowledge their need of a Savior. Father, because you've come so that we may have hope, and you've come that that hope may not just reside in us, but it may be lived out and may be poured into the lives that you place in our past. And so, Father, I thank you this morning for a worshipful Sunday. I thank you for these young ladies from Connie Maxwell. I thank you for those that have given gifts that they will receive. Father, just like they're going to receive those gifts, we're called to receive the gift of salvation that you have given us. Lord, it's been bought and paid for. There's no need to stand in line to return it. There's no need. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's just what we need. And so, Father, I pray this morning that you would help us to remember that salvation, that we would live from those truths, that we would look to you. And, Father, in this Christmas season, that we would anticipate the great and wonderful things that you will do when we trust and we follow you. Father, we ask all this in the mighty and precious name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.